Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese and Nima Tuvali. Everybody, welcome to the free episode of the Italian Football Podcast. We hope that you are doing well. You tuned in, uh, or I guess I should say this is falling on the perfect day because I'm sure the fireworks are set to fly among all of us. <laughs> I, I, I can only imagine what will be coming out of our, out of our mouths today. But if you enjoy what you hear, you can become a full patron by going to patreon.com com slash t-i-f-p you will not only get our weekly review episode you will also get our interview episode which occurs every thursday with somebody from the football world from a journalist uh manager i, I mean there's so many joe tacopino was on a few weeks ago a lot of people from all over the footballing world again you can go to patreon.com slash t-i-f-p we also players. have Players, ex-players, ex-players, yes. You managers, also, managers, yeah. We also have not only our two weekly episodes, we also do match reviews immediately after. We do reactions. Specials. So way more than just two episodes per week. Again, that's $2.99 per month. Patreon.com slash T-I-F-P. So without further ado, let me grab my lighter and we'll get the fireworks started because this is going to be fun. So let's get into everything now. Okay, well, I can't remember the last time I said uh, Juve go into Ritiro, but here we are, 2021, Max Allegri and Juve into Ritiro after I'm... Somehow did something to to Verona. Uh, I'm I'm going there, or I, I should say I'll be in Veneto in under two weeks. Um, I'm convinced me wanting them to go down and be obliterated as a club <laughs> has spurred some sort of universal change. Uh, I clearly this is my fault. The uh, ascendance of Hellas Verona, or actually no, it's you say about Di Francesco's. That guy might as well when he. If you just look at what they've done since he's left, I mean, he should be banned uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The Fijishi should ban this guy, never allow him to come back into Italian football ever again. I'll take him to Juventus. Well, I'm sure you would at this Uh. point. Okay, so... so, Come uh, on. Je suis Max Allegri. That's all I'm going to say. Je suis Max. Of course you're Je suis Max Allegri. You're an Inter fan. Of course you're Je suis Max Allegri. I would take him at Inter now. I love that man. Mate, you can have him right now. I'll send him gift gift wrapped with a a pretty bow on top, mate. Okay, well, hold on. Uh, There's a lot of talking points from this one. First off, Simeone, who... I have always rated, I have to admit, Mm, I've always liked him, okay? I have always liked him. Um, I think maybe he took too many steps too quickly. I thought Fiorentino was the right move, okay, from Genoa after one season. Uh, I feel like Fiorentino, though, they kind of gave up on him too quickly. The move to Cagliari never made sense to me, uh, especially, again, playing for anti-football connoisseur, Eusebio Di Francesco, who subsequently brings him to Verona 
um, they would be mad not to make this move permanent. Um, I mean, they would be absolutely insane. But that notwithstanding, uh, Simeone, uh, phenomenal. Again, I mean, that goal just uh, – I know, Carlo, you probably want to have a go at Chesney, right? Or no? Was that a beautiful finish? Uh, no, I, I, I'd like to give the credit more to, to Simeone for that. It was a beautiful curling effort. He hit it early and, you know, he wasn't – I think Chesney could have maybe done better. I think put it this way, I think someone like Donnarumma probably would have saved that, you know. But it was still a it was still a great strike. It was a great curling effort. I think it would beat most goalkeepers in the world. And you, you, yeah, you have to take your hat off to Simeone. He's having an amazing season. I mean, he scored more goals this season than he scored all of last season. He's got eight now, and I think only Immobile scored more in Serie A this season. And you know, not just his goal scoring, but his all all round game. And he's, yeah, he's been fantastic. And as you said, Verona, since Igor Tudor's come on, has come in, only Napoli and Milan have, have, have done better in Serie A. He's won four. One loss. And, and by the way, yeah. it's not even the record. It's who they've beaten for that record, yeah? I mean, Lazio, Roma, now Juve. Uh, and they, again, subsequently jump Juve And in the up table. against Milan, remember, as well. Yes. I mean, they, they threw that away. You know, so it's been... Uh, unbelievable because you look at their squad and it's not a great squad and we we, no, we used to say no. about even Ivan Juric and, and I think he's a great coach uh, what an amazing job he did with Verona when he was there because they had I'm not sure what it is this season but last season they were the second lowest wage bill in the whole of Serie A uh, Ronaldo was getting paid way more than the entire Verona squad you know uh, so they were punching above their weight and and so Tudor's done great he's done he's done wonderful so far, and they deserve, this team deserve is so bad. Members. I individually, they are so bad. I, uh, Gianluca Caprari. I, I mean, there Miguel will be Veloso. no slander of Gianluca Caprari whilst what, I'm here. What, Miguel so, um, Veloso, what is this? Two thousand and twelve. But listen, the thing that he's done, I mean, what, what both Ivan Juric and Igor Tudor, the two Croatians, are building on quite the interesting little career here. Um, what's really interesting is how Tudor was extremely rigid, controlled, risk minimization, organized. Tudor actually plays some really interesting attacking football. There's a, he, 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 his teams, uh, this Verona especially, he uses this team in a very interesting way. Um, and, and it's rather, it's rather entertaining to watch. And and I think, for me, as for El Cholito, uh, look, I, I wanted him to replace uh, Icardi back in 2017 that when he was kicking up a fuss because I think that his... I think he would have, under Spalletti, would have taken those steps that, that and, and the development that he that he, he's taken now. But I agree with you with what you said about him going to Fiorentina. I think that was the right move. It was just the wrong time because Fiorentina were in a very bad place. They're not the club that they are now back then. And it kind of hurt him a lot. So for me, I, I think this is his season. I've always rated him. I don't think he'll be a capo cannoniere, but I think he'll score more than 20, 25 goals. Yeah, I don't like think that. he's a top team top team kind of striker. But for a Europa League team, I think he definitely, you know, can definitely play at a higher level than, than Verona. That's, that's for sure. I mean, he's got in the Argentina squad, remember. So he's, he's obviously, you know, there is a player there. He just mm. kind of disappeared for a couple of years. Yeah. Well, right. speaking of disappeared, though, um, <laughs> Allegri, man, I'd, I'd be curious to know what he did in these two years. Was he um, was he watching football from he got, the 40s, I'll tell you what he from, from pre-World War II or what? 
he got into a time machine back to the the, the prehistoric age of the dinosaurs, and oh, uh, he, for took, goodness he took the, 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 the tactics that were used during those times and brought them back with him. <laughs> no, when was the one. last time they went into Retiro, though? Seriously, well, that's, it, you know it what? Has this just proves my point. At least a decade, John. This is what proves my point about about Allegri and his outdated style mm. of management. Mm. It's twenty twenty one, and he's going into nineteen sixties style Retiro. I mean, I'm sorry. Hey, Sampdoria did it too. Yeah, I love it. Well, it proves my point. Lazio did it. Lazio did it. proves my point. It's an outdated form of, of management. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, for, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know what this means, I, I, there's not even like an English equivalent. Basically, going into the Tiro is, is a form of punishment, a good way to describe it. Yeah, I guess we could say a form of punishment. You basically sleep at the training ground. You don't go home. You sleep at the training ground. Support, it's such an Italian thing. I mean, yeah, at the Premier don't League. Don't see your family. We, you can't even see yeah, your kids. You right. know, yeah, but basically if you what explain they do this is to a Premier League fan, they 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 would probably roll their eyes and make fun. I mean, it this is well, such an I, old I, Absolutely. Thing. This is not way of way of managing in 2021. We, we, we discussed this on the show last week when we were talking about Mourinho and how he was throwing his players under the bus. And we were saying that this is not the way you manage modern players. They don't react to it. They, they it, it works against you. Going into Retiro is exactly the same thing. You See, piss off the players, sending them away from their families. It doesn't work anymore. The world well, has changed. Well, that's the thing. We don't know if it works anymore. And, I'm, and I, that's why I was tweeting about this thing. It would be nice if somebody actually did a proper research on this in terms of long-term, short-term, if Retiro actually works. Because sometimes it does. Like, it's not just a punishment to say. Uh, they do have to stay away from their families. And what they have to do is also they work tactically a lot. And this is, I think this is why... I think it was needed. Uh, if I were if I were Allegri, I would have done this sooner. Uh, I think that 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 run they went on on five on a five six one nil wins in a row kind of put a little bit of a Snoopy band aid on a gunshot wound. It gave them the organization and the breathing space. But it's quite clear that Juve look the problems at Juve is not Allegri. It's it started when Agnelli decided to go with Paratici over. Yes. When yes. you make one giant, no yeah, but when you make right. when you make a giant screw up, when you make a giant fundamental wrong mistake from the offset, you're going to make further wrong decisions down the line. And one thing has led to the other because of the fact that they decided to go with Cristiano Ronaldo, who's a fantastic player, but he was supposed to be the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake to win Juve the the Champions League. They didn't even get past the quarterfinal. Okay. And he swallowed such a big, 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 large chunk of Juve's financial annual turnover that they had no money left to buy players in other positions that they needed to do. Okay, so now they've gotten rid of him. They've gotten rid of Paratici. They brought out new management and they have to be allowed to build from scratch. And there is no other person, I think, right now that is more better suited to doing that than Max Allegri because he understands to the core what Lo Stile Juve is, what it means to be a Juve player on and off the pitch, what it means to take on a, a g- important games, what it means to understand tactically to, to, to subject yourself and throw yourself under what's best for the team, whether your name is Federico Chiesa or Paolo Dybala. He understands that, and this is what he's trying to instill. This is year zero for Juventus, and it's going to take time. I don't think they'll win the Scudetto, although I agree with Stefano Pioli when he says I don't count Juventus out until they're mathematically impossible for them to win the Scudetto. But they're obviously not the favourites. This is a foundational year, and the sooner those players, from Delich to Kulusevski to Chiesa to Dybala to Morata, all of them, 
under you know accept what Allegri is trying to teach them, the better it will be for their careers, and the better it is for Juventus. Because make no mistake about it, Allegri is not going anywhere. They've decided that they've screwed up, and he's going. He's going to be. He's been given that mandate to pound in what it means to play at Juve from scratch, and he will do it. It's going to look ugly. It's going to be. You know. It's going to look the way it has. But it will work at the end. And we can't, I refuse to be such a prisoner of the moment here and just look at it and say, look, oh, it's, um, you know, it's, it, you know, it, when it goes well, it, it goes, you say that, oh, look, everything's been resolved. Look, I have no faith. And I said it from the beginning of the season. I have no doubts whatsoever that Allegri will resolve this. No doubts whatsoever. Well, I, I agree that, that, that Allegri is not the only reason. I mean, that's just a stupid thing to say. That yeah. anyone, Everyone that's saying you, you get rid of Allegri, bring in a new coach, mm. and you solve all the problems. I mean, it's obvious that the problems, mm. like you say, they date back to to the, the time of Marotta leaving. Um, it also, I was saying this to someone earlier, it also raises the question whether it was actually Marotta who was the, the one the mastermind of Juventus's rebirth mm. rather than actually Andrea Agnelli because since since Marotta's left Agnelli's made mistake after mistake and blunder after blunder um, so that's 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 a topic for another day but it's it's clear that's where it all started um that this was brewing um and you know they we had the big explosion last year and you know it's clear that the squad is not good enough and um, that's obvious i mean you just look through the team you know, the attack has no firepower, no goals in it at all. The midfield is still as horrible as ever. It has been for five years. The defence is is ageing. The fullbacks are average. Um, you know, so clearly in terms of personnel, the, the quality isn't there. Um, but at the same time, even putting all that aside, you have to you look at Juventus' squad. You look at their the resources that Juventus have, even coming off the back of a pandemic in which they needed a they required a four hundred million uh, capital injection from the parent company Exor just to just to balance the books. Even with taking that into mind, Juventus are still by far the richest club in in Italy. They're still by a, a massive distance the the club with the biggest salary bill. Okay, a lot of it's been wasted, but still the resources that they have, the squad that they have, they should not be down in ninth position no way at all and that has to come down to the coach as simple as that Allegri and this is this is what gets me people that thought Allegri would just waltz in and instantly win the Scudetto most people were predicting that he would win the Scudetto and I'll be honest I even got kind of carried away as well me too I got peer pressured into that I got peer pressured (laughs) into that when I never wanted him because I said the day that Allegri returned I said this is a bad decision I don't want Allegri back at the club it's going back into the past. And the reason for that is Allegri was outdated. His style of management was outdated in Juventus' last two years. Um, um, in his last two years of his first spell um, at Juventus, he was outdated. And Juventus were playing poor football, slow, rigid, counter-attacking, boring football. They only won those two last two Scudetti because the rest of Serie A wasn't particularly strong and couldn't take advantage of it. Of it. That's the only reason they won those Scudetti. And now Serie A is stronger but also, Allegri has come in off two years of inactivity, in addition to those two years I just mentioned where he was already outdated. So you're looking at somebody who hasn't really been at the top of, of the game for maybe five years, and he's now playing the same football that he was playing in those last two years. He hasn't modernised or changed his style of management at all. And as it stands, I'm not saying he can't change. 
I'm saying as it stands, from what we've seen in these first 10, 10, 11 matches of the season, Allegri is playing outdated football. There is no doubt about it. You just watch, just watch Juventus play. There's no cohesion. There's no patterns of play. There's no passing moves. There's no. It's, it's just rigid. He's playing this awful, ridiculous 4-4-2. Why is he sticking with it? This 4-4-2 formation where he's got Rabiot, a centre midfielder, playing as the left midfield, left midfielder, left winger. He's completely destroying the attacking talent. He's destroying Chiesa. You know, Chiesa, who was the star of star, one of the stars of Euro 2020, one of the best players of the, the Serie A season last season, Juventus' best player. He's got one goal and one assist in Serie A this season. He had 24 goal contributions in all competitions. We're in November now, and he has three goal contributions so far. All of his attacking stats are way down, like the number of shots he's having a game, um, the number of dribbles, the number of key passes, everything, all the key, the key metrics is way down. Um, and the, and Allegri's playing, you know, Chiesa, the player he should be building the team around. He's playing him in either on the the the, the, the a wide midfield role in a four four two, where he's spending most of his time chasing back and defending, or he's playing him up front, uh, out of position in a, in a front two. So that's just one example. Um, and you know, so the football Allegri is at the moment he's 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 outdated. His management, his style of management is outdated, and. Either he adapts and modernises, like Antonio Conte managed to do when similar questions were being asked of him, or he goes down the same path as Jose Mourinho did in when he, you know, he took over at Manchester United and then subsequently at Tottenham and now at Roma he's starting to struggle. I know we'll get to that, John. Um, but um, you know, or he goes down the path of a Jose Mourinho who just could not adapt. One of the greatest managers of all time, one of the greatest managers for you know a good ten or more years in football. The game changes, the game evolves, the game modernises, and it's up to the managers, the, the managers that are during that period, to to, to evolve and modernise with it. At yeah, the moment, but what, Allegri on, no. has not Half done the that. The team sucks, though. Don't you agree? Thank you. I mean, of course, the team sucks, but they're not. The team doesn't suck at ninth. I mean, Aaron Ramsey. I'm sure a lot less monster is easier to find than that guy. Uh, Rabio sucks. I mean, you could go down the list. For me, I I just think this team needs so much turnover. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it I does. Think... Yeah. It absolutely does. It does. My point is that they're not ninth place. <laughs> they're not well, the ninth place team in Serie A and playing such bad football with zero identity. It's up to the manager to create an identity. You know, Fiorentina, for example, have an identity and are playing great football. You can't say Fiorentina have a better team and better squad. Than, than Juventus do. <laughs> no way. Look, I, don't, I don't think, I don't agree that Juventus don't have an identity. I think that he's trying to instill an identity and the players that he's got, it's going to take some time for them to understand what that identity is. We saw flashes of that during that 1-0, 1-0 win, those 1-0 wins that he trotted up in a row. There were flashes of that, but that's the reason he's going into to the Retiro is because he Juventus have always been consistent. They keep winning 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, not just 5, but 10, 15, 20, 25 games. And what we saw against Verona was that, you know, they were completely confused. Dybala missed a few sitters. And you see that their heads drop. And that's what the, what's the issue here. And that's why he was fuming. And he was fuming after the game. Let's not beat around the bush here. I've, I've seen Allegri angry, but I haven't seen him that angry in a very long time. And I think that he, I, I've no, I've no idea, I've no doubts, no doubts whatsoever that he will turn this around. I know it. I know we'll be standing here in May when he's brought them to a fourth place finish or a third place finish and he's got them to the quarterfinal of the Champions League, probably even won the Coppa Italia and the Supercoppa and we'll see what he's laid the ground. Well, if he doesn't for. do that, Nima, 
That's not that's not a success doing that. If he doesn't do that, he should be sacked on the spot because that mm. is a gross, re- absolutely embarrassing failure. If he can't even make top four with the oh, resources and the squ- and the and the money that, that the Juventus, that the riches that Juventus have, and the wage bill compared to everyone else, and mm. the depth in the squad that they have, even with yeah. all these problems, they have problems. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they do need yes. In terms of being the Juventus that, that we know and expect, challenging in Europe, winning the Scudetto. Absolutely, the team needs a revolution. You know, I t- mm. I've mentioned before about the attack has having. There's no goals in that attack. I don't know where the goals are going to come from this season. I think they absolutely need to sign a, for, uh, a, a top forward in January. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, the guy that was probably going to be possible is now going to be going to Tottenham. We'll discuss about that after. Mm. So you know, they need they need a they need a top forward in 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 January. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, the midfield is looks short. The defense is is aging. Um, the problem. The, I'd say my biggest concern though is do I trust those that are in charge at the club? And I'm not just talking about Allegri here. No. I'm talking about those in management, the upper management. Do I trust them to be able to rebuild? And, you know, I'm not saying I know a lot about these people, but if I just go through the names, got Arriva Berne, the CEO. Now, I look at his career, and again, I'm not saying I'm an expert on Arriva Berne, but he hasn't had a particularly successful career he was a big everybody that I've spoken to in Formula One says that he was a complete failure with Ferrari there um, and then was forced to leave the role now he's coming into his first football role at the age of 64 and okay he maybe might not be dealing so much with the sporting no. side of the job but regardless he's still you're still in a football environment you still need to be know what you're doing otherwise you end up being like Ed Woodward at Man United so mm. you know I don't know whether I trust that Eva Berner to be able to I mean I'll just look at the way that he dresses and I'm already worried oh, um, then you've got you've got um, <laughs> Kerubini as well who I'm, I'll be honest I don't know much about um, you know they didn't have a great transfer market this summer but that was obviously impacted by by the coronavirus uh, situation so I don't want to judge him yet but basically what I'm saying is there's no real guarantees looking at the upper management. If it was Marotta there, you would say, okay, you know, Marotta will get this right. You know, even if it was someone like Iliatare or, or somebody that you know has done a job at another club already, you would say, well, we've seen what this, this guy has done in rebuilding or building this team, you know, or if it was somebody they brought the Atal- someone from Atalanta or even Sassuolo, you know that we know how they work. So it's a complete, do I trust them? I don't know. I don't know whether you can trust them because that's what the key is here. You're going to revolutionise the team. You need to have people that know what they're doing, buy the right players. Um, so there's a question marks there. There's also, you know, as we said, the team is aging, but there's the Dybala situation as well. You know, his contract's running. Do you build the team around Dybala? I mean, honestly, I'm not I don't sure think you so. do. I don't I'm not think sure so you do. Either. I mean, I'll be honest, he, he had some nice moments. He was probably the only player that had those few little sparks. He hit the bar. He had a nice long shot that was saved. He had these isolated moments but that's the key they were isolated and I look at him and he looked honestly he looks like a 35 year old you know he looks like a formerly formerly great 35 year old that's got amazing technique beautiful left foot does some lovely little touches and little moments here and there but the guy physically I'm just not he's so slow he can't press he's not a modern footballer I mean I just I'm just not sure about him he doesn't fit into formations and he can't play with Chiesa I mean that's surely clear now I don't think those two can play in the same team together. Maybe if Allegri goes to a 4-2-3-1, perhaps... That's exactly work. what I was going to say. That's exactly yeah. the solution I see moving forward. When Artur Melo is fit, when he and Locatelli can play in that double pivot role, and Kulusevski understands what, which he's he's made steps, strides forward, and understands what it is Allegri wants, Chiesa and him on the wings with... Um, 
with Dybala as a false nine, uh, with you know, and, th- and them cutting in, and Chiesa kind of similarly to how Cristiano Ronaldo played at at, um, at uh, Real Madrid when he was on the left wing and kind of cut in, and he was their main goal scorer. That's how I think that Juve yeah. should play, and and I think they will play that. I well, think, they have to I get think... rid of that four four two. I mean, what the hell is still sticking think, this four four two? I think. I, I mean, I'm sorry, you have I to criticize Allegri look, for sticking this four four two. It's well, a that's joke. The thing. I, I don't, it's a I don't, joke. It's not. It's a joke. Well, it's, not, it's, it's an absolute not, joke. No, what? Look, Look, I don't think that it's he's playing kind of a classic four four two because Rabiot is not playing as a winger. He cuts in, and then the 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 second striker, whether it's Chiesa or Kulusevski, kind of cover that wide area. So he's trying to move towards a four three three. I think that's what he wants to do, but he doesn't have he Artur Melo just recently got back from a long injury, and and now you know he's starting to look good. I, I, I'm not ready to panic 10 games into the season, especially when you're topping the Champions League group after beating every single team in that group so far. I'm not, I'm sorry. I just don't, I think this is a history on a points off the don't... top. There's so? 16 points off the top of the table. So? So? This is the, suppose you finished if it was anybody else other than Allegri, he would be sacked by now. That's, well, that, this is Juventus we're well, talking is, about. Yeah, we're exactly. not talking about, uh, you know, uh, Atalanta or Lazio or, or, or no disrespect, John Roma. <laughs> you know, it's, we're talking about Juventus. You're 16 yeah, points are. off the top of the table after 11 games. That's a sackable offence. No, it's not. There's no it's, doubt it's, about it. No, I don't yeah, think it is. I, I don't think so. I think I think if if you take into everything into consideration and realise the, the mess that he's inherited and what he's trying to do, I don't think it's a sackable offence. Sackable offence is if they don't finish top four. That's an unforgivable offence. But they're going to finish top four. There's no doubt about that. And he's probably going to take them to the quarterfinal of the Champions League as well because they're probably going to win their group because they look so solid in Europe. And that kind of football, I think, actually works. His football, this, this risk minimization with the players he has, and they all seem to go into an extra gear when they play in the Champions League. I mean, if they win their group, they're probably going to have an easy draw, easier draw in the round of last uh, round of last 16. And then he takes it to a quarterfinal, which I think is exactly what you can ask of this Juve. I don't think you can ask ask much more of any of these Italian teams, to be honest, than to go past the quarterfinal stage. And that's that. Then you've got the Coppa Italia and the Supercoppa, which I think they'll probably win both, both, if we're honest. And then and then you look at and then you look at the rest of the Serie A and you see, okay, can they still make top top four? Absolutely can they make top four. And that's what they have to aim for because this is year zero. Juve are the most successful domestically in, in Italy by this far. Is this is Juventus though, of... Nima. They can make top four. It's Juventus. They, it's they, year they, zero. It shouldn't even be a debate about You've making won, the top four. Juve that's how bad it is. nine Scudetti in a row. It's the end of a cycle. And that cycle ended for a decade. Went, went on for a decade. I don't think it's time to go full on like panic mode just yet I really don't I really really don't Mm, well you know who's not panicking Milan (laughs) they're not panicking uh somehow Pioli Nima must have Mm. listened to to you and just to stick it to you has decided to put (laughs) up both middle fingers and what you have dubbed the Pioli high is now it's not even a high anymore. No, this is a, like a new a... state. It's a state of of being. It's very bizarre. Um, obviously, being a Roma supporter, I'm not thrilled with what happened yesterday evening. But I think, uh, like many things in life, it's not black and white. This can be a nuanced discussion. And more than one thing can be true at the same time, wherein Milan were better. However, I think the referee played a really big role again. And once, 
I bring this up every time it happens, but once again, City, hats off to you. You absolutely piss yourself. All eyes in Europe are on you. You're the only game in town. You're the only match on. There's nothing else in terms of football to be viewed. And you urinate down your leg and it's sopping wet all around your feet. Because uh, that refereeing performance, okay, from Fabio Maresca, who is renowned for this, renowned, that was pathetic. And Nima, I know you'll have strong feelings on this, okay? The penalty decisions aside, or I should say the penalty decision awarded to Kessier aside, okay? The non-penalty on Pellegrini, in my opinion, was the exact same thing. As Dumfries, yeah? Was it not? Yeah. Uh, Nima's gone to answer his doorbell. <laughs> but, oh, uh, my God. But, but yeah. No, I, I'll be I, honest you, I missed it. I missed oh. it during the game because they didn't even show a replay during during the match. I only saw it afterwards. Um, I, I only saw... And, and yeah, it was it was a penalty. It was a clear penalty. And uh, um, I thought it was more of a penalty, actually, than the, than the, than the Dumfries one. But, I mean... Yeah, it's um, it's the inconsistency again. That's and... the thing that gets me, man. Here's the thing, too. Um, and Gianluca Macini said this after the match, and it does sound bitter, but he is true, and you can attest to this, Carlo. You live in the UK. Some of the penalty decisions they award in the Serie A in the Premier League, they would absolutely have a, have a laugh. I mean, it's true. Yeah, they would. Um, but I, I would also say that let's not pretend like the refereeing's all great in the in the Premier League. Believe me, no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. I know. Um, you see, you see shockers, you know, in the Premier League every single week as well. Uh, I, 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 I do think that yeah, Roma were were hard done by because I think that the penalty that was given against uh, for the foul on Zlatan, I thought it was one of those that was fifty fifty. It could be given either way. And my opinion on fifty fifty penalties has always been that for a penalty to be given, it should be. 80-20, 70-30 at least. You know, once you're getting into 60-40, 50-50 territory, I think that the rewards from getting a penalty are so much greater than, exactly. than, not, get, than not getting a penalty that you should always favour the defensive side. I've always had that opinion. And uh, they're, they're unfortunately, the same as, you know, the, the, the sympathy that I had with Inter that was that once the decision's made, it's one of those decisions where it shouldn't be changed. So I think that, you know, if we're going by the rule of, you know, clear and obvious errors, unfortunately, once that decision, that penalty is given, it's not going to be yeah, changed. Yeah, you can't reverse it. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is wrong. I think VAR should should be, make the right decision. <laughs> but, you know, that's what the rules are. Uh, I thought that, you know, Roma were very unlucky with the, with the decisions. I thought, I thought the referee just spoiled the game. He was trying to be too much of a protagonist, and they're always the worst referees. They are the ones that want to be the center of the the center of the show. And I mean, I don't know how many yellow cards he gave. I mean, obviously sent off. Teo I think Hernandez. it was twelve. It seemed yeah. like. I mean, actually, it was, I, I, I I do think it was twelve. I don't. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. that violent a game, was it? I mean, it was no. it was competitive, but it wasn't like it was. You know, it wasn't the like the Battle of Santiago, nineteen sixty two. You know, it was yeah. <laughs> it was it was just a competitive game. So. Yeah. Well, the I thing that bothers that... me too is Carlo, and again, I watching Juve so closely in uh, in European play, you can attest to this too. I, I mean, just watching the way the the game is refereed in a Champions League match versus a City A match, there should not be that big of a discrepancy, and unfortunately, there is. Yeah, um, and and to be honest with you, that's something that really 
UEFA should should be looking at because because you see that it happens all the time moving from one competition to another that you know it's it's not easy to adapt sometimes as well that that's something that's always been with Italian teams you know especially more in the past before VAR where you had Italian teams you know they're obviously very tightly marking in the area pulling pulling the shirt feeling the the opponent and they'd get away with it in Serie A but then in Europe they'd get <laughs> they'd get penalized for it so it's it's maybe that's something that UEFA should look at but I think overall if I'm honest with you John I thought that Milan were the better team and oh for sure yeah regardless of those yeah. decisions probably deserve to win but I think it's um, a bit of a concern that Roma lose another big game, I think. I will say, with a slight caveat, that in these big matches that they've lost, and I know it is easy, and trust me, I'm not hesitant to do it, you want to compare what they did last season, or I guess I should say over the two seasons with Paolo Fonseca, where they won no big matches, and then they, you kind of want to carry that into this season. Although I do think there is some sort of mental hurdle they have to overcome. I do think there is a very clear difference wherein Roma are either playing on par or just slightly below, or and or I guess I should say, have been very hard done by a refereeing decision. And that's going to look like a loser's excuse. But if you go through each of them, Juve, there was that curious uh, the, the curious decision, uh, not giving uh, Roma, not awarding Roma a penalty. Um, obviously, last night. And then in the derby, there were, there were multiple, multiple decisions. Um, and it's just, I, I do think they're unlucky in the sense of all of these episodes that tend to go against them, they lead directly to goals, which probably goes more so towards the, the mental hurdle and all this. But they at least look better. Against Napoli, I, I think there was no question they were the better side. Against Juve, I, I think you could make the argument that was their best performance of the season. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. You're right, they lose. Um, I, I guess my biggest issue... And I know you had to go at Mourinho. I know. Should he have thrown those guys under the bus? No. But I do think it is clear, yeah, when you watch this Roma compared to the other big teams, I do think there's a very big issue with depth. I mean, glaringly so. There is, there is, a, there is an issue, but but I think a bit like I guess with Juventus in terms of the revolution that's needed. I mean, you know, it's good. You can't suddenly build an entire squad in in one summer. And how no. much money? How much money did Mourinho spend this this summer? I mean, you, the Roma were the biggest spenders, right? In Serie A by by a distance. No, I mean they spent yeah, and and hundred million or, or even more. Yeah, I mean they were one of the biggest spenders in Europe. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, and shame on him too, because he said he was going to stop complaining of the transfer market, and yet here he goes again, kind of bringing <laughs> it up. He knew what he was getting into, and, and listen, what Ramon Monchi has done to this club, uh, he left two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, two and a half. We're we're almost going on three at this point. 
they should what he did should qualify by uh, what do they call it the Geneva Convention as a war crime? <laughs> yeah, um, this what he did is akin to a war crime. Yeah, uh, um, I, yeah I the mean, amount of resources, uh, the resources, the resources that he wasted by selling those players and bringing sub subpar players in that were either finished or were just simply not good enough, and the amount of wages that he paid them. To, to do an awful job is it is criminal and that is what Roma are paying for now. I, I think exactly. I think what Mourinho Mourinho's behavior when when he after Buda glimped debacle, I mean it's a bit cartoonish because they, I don't care how poor you think your squad is. You're a side in the Serie A that that is fighting fighting for a top four. You don't get dismantled six one against a Norwegian side. You just don't. I don't care if they're top of the league and they're dominating the Norwegian league. You do not get dismantled 6-1. And you don't blame everyone under the sun for that. That is your responsibility. And, you know, it's as simple as that. Uh, And I think that's what's what's so cartoonish about it. But what happened against Milan, look, there is no doubt that I think that Milan were better. I think we can all agree on that. Milan were well, better. Hold than on. I, I wanted you to comment on the non-penalty yeah. look, um, look, because I, I because I, I know a... I know um, uh, Antonio Conte was at your door to, uh, to, to say <laughs> goodbye. Marisga, is he, is he but, no, but, but hold on, Nima. I was telling Carlo. Okay, listen. Um, Gianluca Macini said after the match uh, in the Premier League, they would have a laugh at some of the penalty decisions I could have awarded in the city. Yeah, mm. I, I I think there's no debating that. My issue is the inconsistency. Well, of course, How, the, 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 the the episode on Pellegrini. Look, how is that awarded to Dumfries and then not awarded to to, to Pellegrini? Well, well, that's exactly it. I mean, if if Zlatan says a penalty, then you have to, you know, that's consistent with the Dumfries penalty. But then you have to give it for Pellegrini as well. Like this, this is the thing. It's it's the lack of consistency and how he uses va- the VAR. I mean, the VAR told him to come and look at it again for the penalty with Ibrahimovic, and he confirms it. But then they don't. They, then they themselves aren't uh, being consistent when they don't look at the Pellegrini incident. Look, I think none of these these incidents are penalties. Not a single one. I don't think every single penalty, every single touch is a foul. I think football oh, is a contact it. sport. Yeah. And and if, if this is the new, you know, then, then just ban tackling altogether and then we all know at least what, like like women's ice hockey, they're not allowed to tackle and they know that. And so when they tackle, it's automatically, uh, you get two minutes or, or more than that. At least it's consistent. This is ridiculous. I mean, there is no difference between what happened to Pellegrini and what happened to and what, what Alexander, the Dumfries Alexander one, one, one week ago. You cannot, I mean, they're reinterpreting the rules week by week. And to be honest, Gianluca Rocchi is the head of the referees. When a clown is your chief, the organization will be a circus. The man is a clown. He, he was a clown throughout his entire career. And now he's turned an already weak organization into a full-on clown circus show that we see on a weekly basis. And he has the audacity to go out and say that he's happy with everything, like he did after the, the Juve Inter Juve last week. No, it's not, because he himself went out after the Inter played Hellas Verona and said, we don't want to give. That's his words, not mine. He said, we don't want to give these these soft penalties anymore. Well, that, that that's not true. It, it seems that it depends entirely on the day when these penalties are given and not given. And that's what puts this league under such a, under such a shame of, like under this shade of, of, of ridiculousness. Because there's no, it's it's a lottery, it's a tombola. Just throw a dice. Is it a penalty? Throw a dice. Three above penalty, two below, no penalty. I mean, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah. But one thing you, you would say about Roma, though, and I have to say is Tammy Abraham, 40 million. And also Shomurodov. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. Patrick, you... Patrick is listening, he'll probably str- strangle us because we just slaughtered him. Shomurodov. It sounds exactly. Uh, 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 like the character Rocky faces in the in the film, you know, it's very Russian, even though he's from uh, I think he's Uzbek. Yeah, I mean, he was and, like 20 million himself, wasn't he? 17, 20 million. I yeah, mean, you're, looking, actually, at, yeah. you're looking at 60 million between the two of them, yeah. and so far it hasn't worked. I mean, Shamurodov hasn't scored yet, has he? Not single well, he's goal, he's barely played, has he? I mean, he's yeah, he's coming goal. Goal. He, hasn't, he hasn't had that much chance, no. but Tammy Abraham, um, two Serie A goals in 11, 11 games. Two and eleven. I mean, that's, I'm afraid that's just, to look at his XG because I, I would not, have to imagine it's off the charts. His, his XG is uh, four point five three. Four point five three. I mean, he so has he's been. He's, he's been a little bit. Un, but he's underperformed in every single season of his career. His XG every single season. I mean, that's just that's just a staple of of Tammy Abraham. Um, the same was the same at Chelsea. He was always he was always two or three goals every season under his XG. Um, but but. The thing is with Tammy Abraham is, yeah, for 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 somebody you know that they've spent so much money on, uh, two goals is not enough. It's a not not enough for Roma. They need much more from him, and I think he has been a bit unlucky. You know, he, oh, he's, he's hit, hit the, the woodwork. Times, he's hit the woodwork quite a number of times. But what what worries me the most about Tammy Abraham is, um, and this was exactly the same at Chelsea, and this is this was the concerns I had when he joined was. Whenever he's come up against big teams and against the best defenders, he's always struggled. Yeah, and we've seen that we've seen that so far at, at Roma because he was terrible in the in the derby against Lazio, awful, the worst player on the pitch. Uh, against Juventus, he was okay. You know, a little bit unlucky. Could have had a goal, and, and you know, with that yeah, incident. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, you know, didn't uh, overall didn't have the best game uh, against Napoli. He missed that one on one, which was just like. You know, you just can't miss those chances. Uh, a player of that level, uh, at nil-nil, and and he was completely dominated uh, against Milan by Ki- by Kier in particular. Kier was, was phenomenal. Yeah, Kier was just taking was the so ball good. off, so reading good. him. So, so, good. so yeah, I think with T- Tammy Abraham, Roma need more, more, more from. Him. I do like his personality, Tammy. I do like the way that he 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 wants to be a leader and and everything. But but certainly, yeah, he you need more. You're paying 40 million. Your big, your big summer signing. You need more than two, two goals in 11 games. Mm. Yeah, there's no doubting that. There's no doubting that at all. Um, I, oddly enough, on the opposite end of that, now Napoli win without him. But you we have, have to say we have to, so we have to we have to just before, sorry just before we get to them we have to give a uh, we have to talk about Zlatan. I mean. It's it's getting ridiculous now because I saw that game against Bologna um, where he looked old. It was his worst. He looked really old. It was his worst performance at club level that I think I've seen from him in the last 15 years. And yet he assisted and scored. And then he goes against Roma, a team where we know that he enjoys scoring against. He scored the most braces against Roma is the team he scored the most braces against in his life. In his career, um, he he scored again. I think it was his eleventh Serie A goal against uh, Roma in fifteen games, and the, the irony of the, I mean the most epic sliding doors ever. He was on his way to Roma before joining Ru- Juve. Um, yes, uh, which I mean, mine not joy. Uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> I mean it's just it, I knew when I whenever I saw that okay he scored against Bologna crappy performance. He's working his way to form. He's playing Roma. There's no doubt he's going to score. You can bet your mortgage on that. 
and he is unbelievable because he is now last year last season they burnt him out a little bit didn't they and now they have Giroud now they don't have to burn him out and I think if they use him wisely he will deliver for them and I can bet you with something else he's going to score against Inter in the derby as he always does this Sunday and he's going to celebrate in front of the Curva Nord looking at them putting his hands behind his ears and asking them to jeer him this is how he is he is that kind of a character he has that hunger in him he gets triggered of of people hating on him when he's at his best is when he's angry and he's yeah. angry because he doesn't want to go out he's that chest that he did for, oh. for the for the for the for the yeah. this, you know, and the finish, <laughs> the finish from Rafael was was sensational as well it was sombrero over the goalkeeper oh, in. but that 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 chest goal and then he had oh. another goal disallowed he won the penalty scored that free kick i mean just, yeah i mean just, the guy he's 40 years old it's unbelievable yeah. it's okay just, all right it is, it is unbelievable and I, I think just to finish on Zlatan, um we asked when we had Sven Goran Eriksson on our on our pod a few weeks ago we actually asked him, is Zlatan the greatest player in the history of football at his age, at 40 or over, basically? And Sven, Sven obviously, you know, he's coached so many players and seen so many. And, and he said, yeah, he is. He is. And I think you have to say he is. For an outfield player, anyway, obviously you get lots of goalkeepers that play into their 40th years, Buffon, Zoff, you know, others. But for, for an outfield player to be doing, and not just a defender, I mean, you know, had Maldini's, Maldini, Zanetti... You know, uh, I think Ryan Giggs, but he obviously started playing in a deeper role. But an actual attacker to be this decisive and score this many goals. And when he scored his goal, he'd scored been, he, it was a goal every 54 minutes in Serie A. So 400th far this season. goal uh, in yeah. a club level. I mean, and 150 of them in the Serie A. It's, it's absurd. It's, it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. Okay. Enough. <laughs> now it's time for Napoli. Yeah. Uh, they win... Again, uh, this time without Osimhen. Uh, I have to admit, even without Osimhen, you would expect them to handle Salernitana. Um, but it came close. Win one to one to zero. Uh, I, I guess where where do we start with this one? We could talk about the Insigne thing. Where you, I think we should talk about the Insigne thing because that that that's is a starting, little weird. Yeah, that's it's starting to become a castle now. Um, his contract is expiring, he's the captain. I mean, this is one of those things. Kinsinia needs to be careful here. Everyone involved needs to be careful here because they're playing with fire. This is Naples. They will yeah, never, it, ever forgive and forget whoever And with the season they're having too, well, that's man. Exactly I mean, it'd I mean. be one if thing. They, if if, if Insignia becomes a caso and derails Napoli's chances to win the Scudetto, the, the year when they actually can win it, ADL and Insigne need to leave the city of Naples because they will be chased out with pitchforks and fire like that. They're playing with fire. Everyone involved here is playing with fire. It is dangerous to do what they're doing. They, they actually are threatening to derail Napoli Scudetto chances by this mess. They need to sit down and decide. Either we, you know, talk to each other. Are you going to leave? Are you going to stay? decide what they're going to do because this if this keeps on dragging on and Spalletti finds himself in another Icardi Nainggolan situation which he does not handle really well that means he has to take the captain band armband off of him and he will do that like he did at Inter only if he does that Napoli is even less of a stable club than Inter is this this is well I, I this this is just Napoli's frustrating me with this nonsense. They need to address this issue now before it absolutely spirals out of control and derails their Scudetto chances. Because let's be honest here, 
they are looking so much more stable. Everybody keeps comparing them to Sarri with those few years ago. This is different. They look so much more stable. They look so much more mature. They look so much more poised and in control of what they're doing than they've ever done before. And they have a real shot at winning the title unless they ADL and Lorenzo Insigne stop this nonsense. Whoever it is from both sides, they need to stop this this nonsense because they're putting the club's chances and those fans deserve better. This is the first year after Maradona died and they're they're messing with it and it's it's just a shame. Yeah, I think I I, I, don't, I don't know how much that is affecting the squad, if if at all, to be honest, and if it will affect it, even if he doesn't sign a contract into the closing months. So far, I don't think we've seen any sign that it is affecting the squad. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's of not course. that. It's the casual. It's the arguing. It's the we. I'm not playing in senior because of internal reasons. I've seen. This I don't know if that's true. We don't he know if it. that's true. He said it. Spalletti literally he said, said he that. said it was to do. He said it was to do with. Uh, he had a slight. Uh, he would. He would come on if he. If uh, if they really needed him, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but he said also that it's because of internal internal. It'll issue. stay uh, yeah. internal. Yeah, yeah. I it's, thought that's okay. that's not that's not where you want to be. This I is thought not it was what... to do with a with a slight injury issue. No, no, he said no, no, he said internal, like because of our inter- internal. It's an internal decision, blah blah blah, and it's like that's not what you want to do. Again, they're 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 messing with this, and it's such a shame because he said he had a muscular fatigue. Spalletti, yeah. he said he has a muscular fatigue. He's at risk of getting hurt. He manages himself. He looks at how the game's going. I decided to keep him out, avoiding any risk. Yesterday in training, he felt mixed up. I made him decide: Do you want to play now or see later? He told me, as a mature footballer, that if he was needed, he would risk it. There's no case. I assumed. I mean, that might just be the cover story, but you know, who knows? But that's what Spalletti said. I thought it was just to do with an injury issue. Mm. No, but he did say also that uh, uh, it's it's all. I mean, before yeah, pre-match he said something else. Mm. He said he's yeah. not. He said that he's not going to start because of internal decisions, pretty much. I mean, yeah. it's it's okay. getting well. We'll see. I mean, I think good. I think putting that putting that aside, I think we obviously Napoli won. That's the most important thing. But we did see, I think, for the first time, how much blunter Napoli are in attack without Ossiman. We saw that for sure. Um, you know, you take Ossiman out of the team like they had against the Sinitan. And obviously Insignia wasn't playing as well and he makes a big difference. But um they they definitely, yeah, they didn't have the same cutting edge in attack. They didn't have the same firepower. And, you know, Mertens started. I know he's not fully fit, but he's 34 now and I think he's definitely passed his best Mertens. And I think Patania, they're better off with they were better when Patania came on actually. Uh, I think he's underrated, Patania. I think he's a very useful squad player. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, at the end of the day, Napoli's uh, defensive record is incredible. I mean, they've conceded three goals all season in Serie A. They've had five clean sheets in a row. So three in 11 they've conceded. That's the best record in Europe's big five leagues, along with Chelsea. And Chelsea have played one game, one game less. So, you know, not just in attack, but, in, you know, Spalletti's done an incredible job, incredible job. Because yeah. they're they're scoring a lot, but they're also very good defensively. Yeah, and now, but then Koulibaly got sent off, and now you know they they they're going to have to do without him. The same way that Teo Hernandez got himself sent off going into the derby. I mean, these yeah, these, that's these, huge. That is, that yeah. is, it's it's just you know you 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 get you get so frustrated when they make these kinds of ridiculous mistakes because. The, you know, it, it they look perfect now, but it doesn't take a lot. You know, football is an organic thing. It doesn't take a lot to derail things. And I think that Napoli are not handling this, both in the, at board level, but also 
the players individually need to take better responsibility. I mean, what they've what they've handled the worst is that I would have just dumped myself out of the Europa League. Yeah. That is what's going to end up costing them yeah. more than this Insignia thing, in my opinion, because because they can't handle they 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 can't they can't as soon as they I mean you've seen they've actually looked a little bit flatter Napoli yeah. in the last few games. I mean, you just have to have a look at the number of goals that that the Napoli scored in October compared to September. I mean, mm. you know, the goals. I'm not saying they've dried up, but they're they're scoring less goals now. You know, they, they had 1-0 win against Torino, 1-0 win against Salernitana, the draw against Roma. You know, so one goal, two goals in those three games. And, you know, so they're, they're, they're not blasting everyone away like they were, you know, in October. Um, no. Sorry, in September. So, <clears throat> so yeah, it's um, it's just a, just a little warning sign, I would say. Absolutely. But, but, but apart from that, well done to them. I mean, you can't argue with their starts the season. Incredible. No, it's been fantastic. And I think Spalletti's doing a great job. I don't I don't hold him accountable for this mess. I, I, I blame the players at an individual level. Ossiman started out, you know, with nonsense. And then he sorted himself out. And he's now the best number nine in the Serie A. Koulibaly's been absolutely outstanding. But he needs to show more discipline because Napoli need him. He's the most important mm-hmm. defensive player they have. Yeah. And they well, yeah, cannot he, They're going to be him. missing him soon, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, They miss him against Verona, yeah. Yeah. But in my opinion, it's a three-horse race now. It's a three-horse race between Napoli, Milan and Inter. I I think Sconcerti, the Italian journalist, he says lots of stupid things usually, but one thing he said that wasn't stupid was when he said that it's a two-horse race unless Inter can beat Milan. I think it's a three-horse race once if Inter beats Milan. Um, and I think that I think that's when it kind of and then they play Napoli after the international break. I think that's when we can say whether it's a two or three horse race. If Inter lose both of those games, I think if Inter lose, it's a two horse race. If, yeah. it's, if they draw or win, it's still a three horse race. And if they win me, for sure, if they win for sure, because then it's four points to both of them, um, and and minimum four points, ma- yeah, maximum four points to to both of them. It's seven now. The one so, thing I would say is that Milan have, have played tougher games than Napoli so far. Napoli haven't had the toughest starts the season. They only they've only played Juventus and and Roma, and they obviously drew with Roma, and and then against Juventus they played against Juventus. Okay, Juventus are in crisis, but it was a Juventus team that were completely depleted because they had all their South Americans out because of this ridiculous international break um, situation. So, in a way, Milan are kind of more proven than Napoli in they've had the tougher running, and they've also done it while going through an injury crisis as well. So in that sense, I think, yeah, Milan have probably had maybe the more impressive starts the season out of the two of them. But both of them fantastic. Both of them fantastic. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Inter, they win again. They continue to roll. Uh, before we move on, though, we have to talk about Vlaovic. Um, part of me wants to weep for Uncle Rocco. Uh, another part of me wants to yell at Uncle Rocco. <laughs> Another Love part of me wants. Well, he, he uh, is he is Tzio Rocco. There's no doubt about that. There is nobody who's more of a Tzio than Rocco or Rocco Gomisa. I mean, yeah, I mean, he uh, is Tzio Rocco. There's no doubt. You don't about even that. have to be Italian. Everybody has an <laughs> uncle like this. This guy's nuts. Um, he's part brilliant. of me wants to cry though for Fiorentina. Hmm. I, I, like, man, he's going to be a massive loss, and he's one of those guys too. I, 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 you can't just go out on the open market a club like Fiorentina replace that. You can't. No, no. They, it's it's like with Inter and Brozovic and Milan with Kessier and now Fiorentina with they they shouldn't have been in this position. He should have handled this better. He should have known, you know that that this you know if if you're going to believe in a young player, then then tie them up to a long contract with a lower wage, and then you can renege that like Inter did with Bastoni. But here it's either he's going to leave 
Um, the issue is, does he leave in January? Does he leave, or, or at latest, next June? And if he leaves next June, I think Juve can't be can't discarded. Uh, but then again, it also depends on our good friend Antonio Conte and what happens with Harry Kane uh, if he decides to stay at Spurs. It's, it's irrelevant does. what happens with, with Harry Kane. Tottenham wanted to sign him regardless of Harry Kane's situation in the summer, and they're going to come back in for him. And I and you know we've, we're going to we're going to do a proper podcast, a proper special podcast on Antonio Conte to Spurs mm. tomorrow, where we will discuss in length with about Vlaovic. Yeah. But as we're talking about him now separately. Uh, I think it's absolutely nailed on. Vlaovic goes to Spurs regardless of what happens. Conte's been guaranteed a huge transfer kitty. Uh, he needs another centre-forward for his 3-5-2. Vlaovic, Paratici wants him. It's very well known. Uh, Fiorentina will sell. Tottenham will offer the most money, much more than, than Juventus will be able to offer. Juventus can't even afford to offer Fiorentina money. It would have to be a loan, a loan with plus two-year two year loan like with Gieza. So it's absolutely nailed on that Vlaovic is going to Tottenham, I'm not, in I'm my not, opinion. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not entirely convinced. I think his agent, I think Juve have worked. If, if, if Juve are good at this dark art shit and, and they know how to tie up players like they did with Chiesa, because Chiesa could have gone anywhere he wanted to. Um, but he still chose Juve, and I think that I think Vlaovic will. Well, that's it. It's the players' will. Only yeah. the players' will yeah. can stop this from stop this stop a Tottenham Tottenham transfer, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Only the player. Yeah, and I th- and I think that he will want to go to be Juve's number nine into the future. I think that's 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 a big. I think that that will definitely. But he could also look. He could also look at what Conte did with Lukaku. What he does with his centre forward. Well, it depends on how long Conte into... stays. I mean, Conte, if he's only signed an eighteen-month contract at Tottenham, why? I mean, <laughs> there's no guarantees that. Co- I mean, yeah, I don't understand that. I won't. That, that's yeah, going to well, be something we'll discuss. That tomorrow. Yeah, we'll discuss about that tomorrow because that is but, very. You know, weird. Just, just brief, briefly on on um, just briefly on Inter. I, I I liked what I saw against Empoli, and I liked what I saw against Udinese in terms of the balance that we said we missed. I still think I think Chalanoglu for had a better had probably his best game since the Genoa game where together with Barella and Brozovic and they controlled that game against Udinese and they controlled the game against Udi, uh, Empoli as well obviously these aren't fantastic sides but it was important to see the continuation of the work that Simone Inzaghi has done in terms of finding the right balance and to hold you know two clean sheets creating chances scoring goals that's important and especially for Simone Inzaghi who you know, he decided that he wanted Joaquin Correa, who and they play and they paid a lot of money for him. And Denzel Dumfries was also his handpicked choice. So they these guys have struggled and been a little bit inconsistent. And they they were awful for sixty minutes, both of them. But then they turned it around, both of them. A brace for Correa, an assist for the second goal from Dumfries, showing that they can do that. These are the things that you know. In a, in a, during a season, you have these defining moments that can switch a career around and build you something that you can build off of. And I think that could be the turning point for Correa and Dumfries at Inter. But they have to deliver consistently now. Yeah, um, very quickly because Champions League kicks back off this week. We have Atalanta hosting United. We have Juve hosting Zenit. We have Milan hosting. Porto and then Inter go away to Sheriff. What are we thinking? Just very quickly for all four of these. I mean, Milan needs to win. There's no, there's no Milan way around and Inter, that. Milan and Inter both have to win. There's, like, no, there's, there's just no, no, there's no, yeah, yeah there's win no, or bust. Yeah, both it is, well, it is. it's win or bust for Milan. For, for Inter, it's win or you're in trouble. No, win or it's Europa League. And I don't want to play Europa League. I think it's very simple. If Inter go into, if Inter drop points against Sheriff, Simone Inzaghi's responsibility is to punt. Punt. Play the Primavera side in the last two games, finish last. Do not go into the Europa League because it's more important to win the Serie A than to play in the Europa League. 
No doubt. Problem is, that. I'm not sure Shakhtar will even get enough <laughs> enough <laughs> points to to overtake it now. You know, so mm. I, I think it's uh, I think it's second or third for Inter now. Mm. That's what I think. But they mm. have to win. Yeah. They absolutely have to win. And Milan, absolutely, Milan are out if they don't win. Uh, they need to hope Milan need to win and then hope that Liverpool beat Atletico. And in that case, Milan will be on three points and. Uh, Porto and Atletico will both be on four. Have I got that right? I think it's. A f- I'm not four. sure. No, oh, no, Atletico will be on five. No, no, they'll be on four. Four, four points. Yeah, because so, it's nine four four zero. Yeah, exactly. So that that kind of gives them a glimmer of a hope. Um, you know, in the in the last two in the last two match rounds. Uh, as hmm. for Juventus, I mean, Juventus are going to go through. They're now. fine. They're already. Through. They just need a point to qualify. So I mean, it's. It's kind of they're probably playing for first or second now, and and then Atalanta, Man United. I mean, Atalanta, they need to they need to try and go. For, I mean, it's be interesting Atalanta, Man United, and I'll tell you why. Is because we know Atalanta play with a back three, and they play this kind of three four one two. Well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, completely changed his formation, went from a four two three one to a three five two. Uh, there's been some hilarious photos of of of, um, of, of, yeah. <laughs> of Solskjaer mocked up as, as Antonio Conte with Antonio Conte Antonio Conte's wig on. And, so funny! And, you know, it's it's so, so funny! Funny! Hilarious! But but yeah, he played three five two, and um, they won three nil. And you, so you think he's going to play the same formation? So it's kind of like for like. It's going to be going to make that game quite interesting, I think. Mm, I agree. Yeah. I think I think it's uh, it's one of those games that Atalanta can't afford to lose if they want to go through. I think they need a point from that. I think Juve will see off Zenit pretty easily, and then Milan Porto and is is anyone's guess. Yeah. A draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world for Atalanta because if they were to draw, even if Villarreal were to win their game, which they should do, they'll even though they'll be below Villarreal by by um, in the group, they could still then win their last two matches. Which they should do, you think? You know, they're playing. They should be expecting to. You know, they're playing Villarreal at home and then away against Young Boys. Then they'll go through. So a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the world. No. Okay. Um, let's move on to our Baggio and Prem face of the week. And for those of you who are new here, uh, Baggio is obviously our thing of the week it can be a team it can be a person it can be anybody in the footballing world and then carlo's uh, segment prep face of the week is self-explanatory so we'll get to those now okay baggio of the week is well i was gonna say vlaovic obviously with his hat trick we've, we've already done a segment on him how great he was he's actually got 25 goals now in, in Serie A in 2021 only harland He's got 26 and Lewandowski ridiculously got 36 goals in 2021. Just madness. Uh, only, those, only those two players have scored more in Europe's big five leagues this this calendar year. And he'll he'll overtake Haaland soon as well because Haaland's injured. Um, he scored more than Batistuta and Luca Toni in a, in, a, in a calendar year that they did for Fiorentina. And he needs three more to, to be the all-time record holder of Fiorentina goals in a calendar year. So Vlaovic, but also shout out to Pedro for rolling back the years this last week. He scored two goals and he got uh, the assist before the assist, the hockey assist uh, in the wins against... <sighs> Who did they win? Who did they beat? They beat Fiorentina in midweek, didn't they? And then they drew with Atalanta. They were denied in the last last game right, of the game yeah. by Atalanta. For me, for me, it's uh, El Cholito. I mean, four I, goals... I was going to say. Yeah, I, I have you can't to go back. I mean, when you then. play Lazio, you play, you play Lazio, you play Juve, you score six goals and do two of those two games. I mean... 
<laughs> there's no, uh, that, I mean, talk about an explosion. Uh, so for me, it's Cholito. Yeah, that's that's why I'd have to take two. Um, it just pains me to see him doing it in in the region of Veneto. I, I just <laughs> God, get over it. <laughs> take that place into the ocean. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right, prem face of the week. This one. <laughs> The ESPN never disappoints. It's ESPN, so I go on. It has, it has to be ESPN because it's one of the. I mean, it's just so cringy. I mean, it's they did a video asking if Man United should appoint Antonio Conte as their next manager. Only they used a picture of Simone Inzaghi whilst when he was working for Lazio. It's just I couldn't even I couldn't make that any funnier even if I tried. I mean, it's just what are you talking about? What what's going on? Like it's just yeah. you know at least I mean at least for Simone's sake they didn't you know call him Filippo and use a picture of his brother, which is is something he's been struggling with. His they've done that life. before. Yeah, they have. <laughs> I mean, but so, so, they, they, they just went in the complete opposite direction and they just took some. I mean, who 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 does these images? But the the Baggio of the week, the legend of the week, the hero of the week, the intergalactic legends of the week are Venezia English. Their English account on Twitter. Oh yes, the yeah, way they good. they just destroyed ESPN. Look, they, I mean, they're very stylish, right? They um the their their new shirts uh, that they've unveiled are incredibly incredibly stylish, and they. And they've completely, um, and, and they, you know, every, and everyone's given them plaudits for that. Um, and then, and then, which is, hold on, I have to intervene, which is hilarious because, again, as the one from Veneto here, nobody in Venezia cares. Yeah, nobody, nobody in cares. Venezia cares. Nobody but cares. Building a global, nobody yeah, cares. No, I know, but they're building a global brand over that and over, over there. And, and they and they are, I mean, Venezia is, is high fashion, you know, and that's that's the brand they're going with. And then they quote... Where your 75-year-old nonna goes yeah. to holiday. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Listen, no, anyway, so, no, what they, no. so what they did, they did, they did, they did, they, the ESPN did a collage editing the photos, and these are like some awesome photos. They really are high fashion. And Venezia quote tweeted that saying, and I quote, why is ESPN editing these photos? Guess the fashion photographers from Venice and Milan really needed someone in world art capital, Bristol, Connecticut, to apply <laughs> the finishing touch. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. That, that is just phenomenal. That, that Poor is, ESPN. They've had a, they've had a bad they've week. Had a and bad I'll tell you week. what, there, there, there was one other thing as well. And this is a, a collective act of prem facery across the whole for footballing world that I've actually noticed quite a few journalists and ex-footballers and fans actually like arguing that Brendan Rodgers would be a better fit for Manchester United than Antonio Conte. <laughs> I saw that. Because Conte is, that. you know, he's too abrasive. He's, he's too, you know, he'll leave after two years. He'll leave Man United in a mess. Like they haven't been in a mess for the last yeah. eight years. Um, you know, and and you know, Brendan Rodgers. I don't understand this nonsense. How the logic did, is just. On, the, how did he leave Juve in a mess? They went to two Champions League finals after that and continued on a six-year school. You know what? He took them. He, he inherited them in a mess. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and, and, and Chelsea, you know? how did he leave them in a mess? 
they won a title. They finished seventh the following year, and then that side went on to to win yeah. to win more. It's just because he leaves after Nonsense. a big massive argument. Yeah. I mean, you know, big he deal. Leaves, yeah, it's, he it's... leaves after arguments. That's true. He leaves in dramatic fashion because that's who he is. But he doesn't leave mm. clubs in a mess. Inter are not in a mess because of him. Inter are in a mm. mess because he left. He wanted to stay at Inter. He didn't leave yeah. Inter because he wanted to. Leave. He wanted to stay there. He just didn't want his entire team mm. to be dismantled. Yeah, but it's just this idea that Brendan Rodgers fits the man. United culture and actually one of the ESPN's uh, pundits, Shaka Hislop was one of them that actually mm. said it uh, they have some real prem faces on that, that ESPN yeah. punditry team, I tell you there's, mm. there's the, the other Scottish guy, uh, two Scottish Steve guys, Nicole, Burley, Craig Burley, Burley, Steve Nicol. oh my god I mean, like, but, seriously. Uh, to be honest, he, in their favour, I did watch it, and Steve Nicole did say that Antonio Conte would, would not take any nonsense and that he would be a great choice and that he would demand things from the board as well. So we we got to be, we got to, we should be fair there. But no, well, he, broken he's, clock, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, ESPN have had a rough week, but the Venezia takedown is, it's the funniest thing I think I've read in such a long time. The best, the best act of Prem Facery, though, on the planet, and this is away from football, is. There's this COP26 climate summit that's going on in Glasgow at the moment. And CNN decided to present their coverage <laughs> in, in huge kind of grandiose fashion. Like, we're here, we're here, we're at the COP26 climate summit in Glasgow. Only they weren't in Glasgow, they were presenting it outside of, which was where they set up, outside of Edinburgh Castle. <laughs> it's just like, just classic at the Confederacy. land just outside the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are at the storming of the Capitol. We're at the Statue of Liberty. Oh, <laughs> it's so cringe. And Wolf Blitzer there as well. Yeah. Anyway, okay. yeah. No, that was funny. Wolf All Blitzer. Right. I mean, that can't be a real name, surely. Yes, that, yeah, I don't know. I, think I mean, is. Wolf Blitzer. I mean, what is that? I mean, it sounds like a, sounds a character like a from nine, X-Men. No, no, it's, X-Men it, sounds like, it sounds like a 1980s porn star name. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Right. Okay, now I have to intervene before this gets... <laughs> wow, okay. User questions. Wow. Let's get to those now. Okay, we're going to start with our first one for you, Carlo, from Andre Barilaro, who asks, um, what are your thoughts on your greatest teams from history and how they would fare today? Thinking of the likes of the Grande Torino, Grande Inter, Trapatones Juve, Lippi's Juve, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mine is simple. Mine, uh, I'm just going to intervene again. Uh, mine is uh, the Roma with Batistuta and Totti. Mm. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's a really, really difficult question. It's one that, you know, it, it, you, you need a long, you know. You, Giro you need Ferraris. To you need to discuss, uh, oh, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd probably do better than Allegri, to be fair. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult <laughs> question because football has changed so much. Both mm-hmm. it's evolved. But also, it's you know, there's been force changes. Like the rules from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago are completely different to the way they are now. So are you playing by the rules of the 1960s and 1970s or are you playing by the rules today? Are you playing by the offside rule? Are you playing with the back pass rule? Um, you know, are you playing with the, the heavy footballs of the 1960s and 70s? Or are you playing? Are we with playing the... with SIM cards, no SIM cards? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Are we playing with VAR? Are you playing with, you know, yeah. so, so, so every, you know, are you playing with, with referees that are lenient? Are you playing with referees? So a lot is, is a lot of it's very hypothetical. It's very difficult. But if we were, if we're going to say we're going to take teams from the past and bring them into today's football and how would they do, then I think that today's football is everybody's so much fitter the you know the nutrition and 
the drugs are better and 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 and, and it's, it's very very difficult oh, for teams staying quiet after that sim cards and you bringing that up is very difficult yeah well not not mentioning any teams from the premier league who who 60 percent of their team are, are asthmatic um you know no, no no comment on that but but i would say from the italian it's italian teams um I think, <laughs> on the topic of drugs, I think the Grande Inter and Lippi's Juve probably would do, would do all right today. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's very difficult. I think if we're going to talk just about actual quality, Saki's Milan absolutely would be fantastic today because they play a type of football. I mean, Saki was a revolutionary with his, with his tactics and the high press uh, and the high line. And, you know, obviously their team was full of world-class players, the three Dutchmen, the Maldini, Barresi, Costa Curta, Tazotti is probably the best back defence back line ever. Ancelotti midfield, Donadoni. I mean, it was an incredible team. I think now they would be up, right up there with, with, with everyone because they could, they could live with the teams physically and tactically and in terms of the way that the, the modern game has changed in terms of the pressing and everything. Um, so I think them... Uh, I think I do think Lippi's Juve, from a fitness point of view, I think they could live with the teams today as well, and they were obviously a fantastic team. Um, mm. If you go further back, I think that on a physical level they would struggle. But you know, again, it depends. I mean, you could say, what well, what if we took those teams? What if we took, you know, let's say Trapattoni's Juve, um, and you know, we brought that team or Maradona's Napoli, and we brought that to today. And we said, right, you're going to have the same nutritionists. You're going to have the same pre-season training. You're going to have the same coaches. You know, you're going to be taught and you're going to play in modern tactics. You're going to be taught about all the modern tactics and the way that we you know what tactics work today um, and give them a chance. Then absolutely, I think all of those teams could could, could do great. Mm. No, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. But in I think Trapattoni's Juve, uh, Trapattoni's Inter, um Milan Saki, of course. Capello Roma, absolutely. Nice Lidholm's Roma in the eighties um, was 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 an outstanding team as well. Milan Nerea Rocco. I mean, you, you there's so much. I mean, again, it depends because it's like I always I always try to divide these you know football eras up because they're so because football changes so much. The 1960s to the 1980s to the to the 90s even, and then you know now the last ten years, it's 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 so different. It's almost not even the same sport anymore. So it's hard to say, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they're all up there. I think Saki, Saki's Milan and Capello's Milan. Let's remember, I mean, when Capello came in and dis- the way they dominated in Europe as well, you know, building on that. There's so much, there's so much. But- what I would say is this. I think that I've always believed this. I think that individually there were better players in the past than there are today. Mm. I think what has... Well, especially not, not technically, it's not even close. Yeah. What I would say is today that football has changed, certainly from a physical level. The players today are just so much fitter. They have so much so much more stamina. And that's down to, to you know, better nutritionists, better coaching methods, better, you know, uh, supplements, if you want to call them that. You know, it's... it's, <laughs> it's, it's Can you please um, not get us sued? <laughs> well, no, I didn't name any. I haven't named anyone. I mean, everybody knows... <laughs> You have to be like he's naming name. somebody named uh, uh, Shut up. Dan's, Dan's <laughs> Barino or something. Oh, God. <laughs> all, right, oh. all right, Nemus. Uh, this next one is <laughs> for you from John, um, from Gianmarco Paterno, who wants to ask you about Ericsson. Mm. With December approaching, what is the likelihood he is allowed to play in Serie A? Or are we just waiting for confirmation that his career is over with 
Inter, what are your thoughts? And he says, am I insane for believing he could truly help? No, look, Christian Eriksen, a fit Christian Eriksen is, is a world-class player. I think everyone in the world would agree with that. Um, I, it, what happened this last week was a little bit blown out of proportion, especially by British media who turned it into this giant thing because there was, there was nothing new being said by Inter. I mean, Inter had their annual shareholders meeting. They ratified the budget. And, they, and in that context of budget, they also released a statement about Christian Eriksen saying how much, he, how much he's, he's been impacted on, on the last year's balance sheet and also that his wages are being paid by FIFA and that he currently cannot does not get the green bill of health the 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 paper needed called the idoneita that the Italian Olympic Committee gives to all elite athletes to practice their trade in Italy because of the implant he has in his heart and because of the whole situation now inter also added that it, this doesn't mean he can't play elsewhere and this uh, which which we already knew and he also and they also added that it doesn't mean that he can't get the idoneita in the future in Italy either they just made a statement that we all knew all of this was was known before, and this became Inter open to offloading Ericsson. No, look, Inter aren't, aren't going to do anything that Christian Ericsson doesn't want to do. They have a complete respect for him because what he went through was so traumatic. They're not going to put any pressure on him. I think they're going to. Everyone's going to come to the point where they decide in January. What do we do? Do we move our separate ways? Do you want to stay in Italy? Do you want to even continue playing football? We don't even know if he wants to do that. And and I think that's you know, there's no. Let's not speculate too much and just give the guy all the space he needs to make a to make a decision on what he wants to do. I I still think that his career, regardless, if he you know, I still I think his career at Inter is finished, unfortunately, because I think he's a fantastic player uh, and we saw that last season. But I, I think that his his future at Inter is, is over. Interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. Final one is from uh, Misak Ulkian. And he says, Allegri for the past five years has had his eureka moment with this squad where he figures the best play and formation that would suit his best players. It started in that make-or-break Olympiacos game in the 2014-2015 season where it was a must-win for Juve, and he switched from a 3-5-2 for a 4-3-2-1. My question is, will he have, Carlo, his eureka moment this time around? And if no, and things still go, continue to go more south, do you see a sacking incoming? If yes, is it too late? Will it be too late for the Scudetto or even top four? And he, he also adds, also, Ramsey is out for muscle fatigue, apparently. I've never seen anyone getting fatigued by sitting on a bench. <laughs> yeah, well, Ramsey's taking the piss now, um, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but, but as for Allegri, I think that, you know, as Nimmo said, rightly, he's not going to get sacked. Also, from a financial point of view, he's on... I'm not sure exact figures, but I know it's between seven and nine million euros a year. So you're looking at thirty to thirty-six million over this four-year contract that he that that he's owed or will be owed. So he's not going to get sacked. It's going to they're going it's going to have to become so disastrous that they're like battling relegation or something for him to for him to get sacked. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to have to get. I mean, I, I as I said before, I can't understand what the hell he's waiting for sticking with this four-four-two. It clearly is unworkable. It's clearly outdated. It was outdated 25 years ago when the English, England national team used to play and everyone used to take the piss out of them for being outdated playing this 4-4-2. Um, you know, so I mean, he's still using that now. And so he has to change from that. Whether you'd call it a eureka moment going from a 4-4-2 to a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, I wouldn't really say so. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think every man in the street can see that that's what he should do. 
Uh, I don't know whether he was, can suddenly come up with something else. Uh, I don't really see any other options that, other than those because of the squad that Juventus have, unfortunately. They, I don't think they really have many other options. Uh, 3-5-2 I don't think can work because they've only got three centre-backs plus Rugani. So they've only got three centre-backs. Um, and yeah, so uh, I'm not sure. I, don't, I think um, there's not really too much he can do, unfortunately. He can. He certainly. He certainly shouldn't be ninth place. He certainly should be in the top four. But in terms of actually winning the Scudetto or being what Juventus should be, I think there's a Eureka, a Eureka moment. It's not going to lend re- uh, result in a Scudetto or a Champions League win. Put it that way. Mm, shame, real shame. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I can really see. taste that. I can yeah, really, I'm, you really I'm mean heartbroken. that? <laughs> I'm heartbroken. You sound so sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm very heartbroken. Christ. Well, uh, hopefully all of you, if you are not a patron yet and you're listening, I, I hope you're not a Juve supporter. So. <laughs> well, if they did, they switched off now. <laughs> in all that. seriousness, though, um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you are not a, a patron yet, again, you can go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a patron for $2.99 per month. We will be back Thursday for our interview episode and again be sure to follow us on social media and just one last time patreon.com slash t-i-f-p all right everyone thank you so much for tuning in we will chat again in a few days until next time bye-bye